you know what? I'm going to send you my base since I, <laughs> since I can't use this one really anymore. And it's about to crumble underneath me. The base is fine. So I'll send you that and see if that helps. I mean, this stand, it's stand, as long as I don't touch it. Like if I, well, I mean, I guess I can't knock it out. It just wiggles a lot. Like if I, <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to do. <laughs> Together we'll have one whole microphone. <laughs> After 24 episodes. (laughs) And a year. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. In high school, we were best friends. And now that we're old, we're still best friends. And we both really love the show Friends. We love it so much that we thought we'd rewatch it together and tell you all about it. So join us to find out all the details that two people who weren't there can find out from the internet. Could there there be be better better friends watching Friends? doing this for a long time now I know and I love that this is culminating with your baby being born (laughs) I know so great yeah we got Uh, one more in one more in before she before she pops out that's why yesterday I was like well I feel I feel like I'm like to 60 percent I gotta record because what if she comes like I'm mostly over COVID I gotta get this done It's, it's so pandemic-y, like you're pregnant, you have COVID. <laughs> Let's get this podcast out. Oh man, a lot's happened since we did the first episode of this. I know. I can't even remember what's happened other than you didn't have a baby in you. <laughs> I was living with Court's parents still. Oh yeah. And we had our, I think we started recording before Christmas and we had our like big Christmas Zoom friend party. Oh yeah. Was that just a year ago? Uh-huh. Oh my God. Over now. Oh my God. It was like 14 months ago now. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Before we jump in, I was going to look at our stats for our podcast and do a little, a little report. Ooh. So a year later, we have 1.3K downloads. I was like, 1.3 million. No, (laughs) 1.3,000. Can you even have a point in a a thousand? Well, Podbean tells us there's a point. So I'm guessing about 1,300. (laughs) In terms of where our audience comes from, You know, it's like over a thousand from the United States. And then next is the Netherlands, then Germany, then United Kingdom. And Sri Lanka is coming in strong at fifth. (laughs) That's awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Trivia. Oh, yes. Let's do this. All right. Which friends had won a a vanilla ice lookalike contest? I think... Chandler won and Ross lost and cried. Is that? Yeah, Chandler won. Okay. And yes. then I think Ross lost and he cried. <laughs> Which of the guys wore leg warmers in college? Ross. Yes. Which friend claimed to have skipped fourth grade? Hmm. Monica? Ross. Oh. I don't remember that. Uh-uh. Who fooled around with the guy who kept pigeons on the roof? Phoebe. Yes. Oh, I have no idea what this would be. What actress played Joey's girlfriend, Erin? Oh, was it Cynthia Nixon? 
No, I mean, not Cynthia Nixon. Uh, who plays oh, Charlotte so in Sex and the City? Yes. What's her name? Oh, the girl who plays Charlotte. I can't think of her name. Kristen Davis. Yes. <laughs> How did you know that? I don't even know who Aaron, like the name Aaron is. I don't know why I can remember that and nothing about my real life. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. I'm, I'm impressed. Thank you. This is a big one. It is a big one. This is season one, episode 24, the season finale of season one, the one where Rachel finds out. Big cliffhanger. Oh my goodness. First title with Rachel's name in it. Well, this one aired May 18th, 1995. It was written by Chris Brown and directed by Kevin Bright. And I have a book fact. I'm just going to read this little paragraph. This is the cliffhanger, final episode of season one. And season one producer Jeff Greenstein said he probably should have called it the one with the crystal duck. And in an interview with Vulture, he explained how, which we talked about this, I think the last episode, Ben's birth was supposed to be the season ending cliffhanger, but James Burroughs said it should end with Ross and Rachel. And so drawing from his wife's thesis on beloved writer Jane Austen, Greenstein suggested a rewrite inspired by how Austen wrote romance. And the season one finale drew in 31.3 million viewers, an increase of more than 10 million viewers from the pilot. I love that the writing for this was inspired by the writing of Jane Austen, especially because they were planning on the last episode being the season finale, but then they were like, no, 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 no. James Burroughs is like, no, we got to make it be this one. The writers had a hard time figuring out how Rachel was going to find out. So they were almost going to have Rachel and Ross go on a road trip. And like, they were going to be talking about how it wouldn't work between them and like go back and forth. Yeah. It's, it sounded like a terrible episode. (laughs) Um, So I love the way that they, made it it was so like romantic and they made it so like ross gave her a gift but he couldn't be there and then like it came out from one of the friends that and so she, and then she's like toying with what do i do what do i do it just was like so austin <laughs> well and actually it gives me a little bit less annoyance over rachel in the whole episode because i kept being like oh she's so wishy-washy like figure it out like you do know how you kn- she kept being like, I don't know, I don't know. But that is very Jane Austen to be like, I don't know. Oh, do I love him? Do oh. I not? Oh, oh. <laughs> and then like obsessing over it with friends. Like that's yeah. also very Jane Austen. <laughs> yes. And one thing I read, I think this was on Friends Fandom maybe, but actually it may have been on IMDb. But they were saying that the ending of this episode is mirrored in the series finale like in season 10, which I never thought about before, but the roles are reversed. Oh my gosh. This one, she goes to get him. And in the last one, he goes to get her. And they both have similar exchanges with an airline employee about the boarding pass issue. I hope that they did that on purpose. Oh, probably. Yeah. It's like such a, (laughs) it's such a thing you can't do now because you can't get to a gate without a ticket. So no, you can't even get past security. (laughs) (laughs) You got to no. stay at the bottom of the, <laughs> the bottom escalator. of the escalator. <laughs> People don't even like pick you up at baggage claim anymore. They're just like, I'll meet you outside. Text me which, which part of the outside you're at. Yeah. 
I did not write a summary for this one. <laughs> so I last minute stole one from IMDb. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the quality. <laughs> oh, it's real to the point. Just let me tell you. Here we go. <laughs> As Ross leaves for China, Chandler accidentally reveals Ross's feelings for Rachel. Joey takes part in a fertility study and is unable to sleep with his new girlfriend. That really sums it up. Boom. There you go. I have a couple little facts, little perky facts for us. So this is Ross and Rachel's first broadcast kiss, even though it's not really between the like the reality of them it's it's just in Rachel's fantasy but I have to say their chemistry was so good (laughs) I know we'll talk about it later but I had to just say well done (laughs) are they not counting then the the kiss at the laundromat no because this is like an intentional Mm. like passionate good kiss yeah that was like a spontaneous like surprise kiss like excited that and clearly based on what Rachel says later it was just fr- like that didn't even happen that wasn't a date apparently, apparently. I have a problem with that I I- <laughs> we'll talk later <laughs> it's not canon <laughs> no and then my last little fact is that this is the last episode not shot on stage 24 which was later renamed the friend stage so this was actually on like a different soundstage and then they move starting in season two to this, to the friend stage that would be for the rest of the series. I'm actually interested in seeing what differences like is season two when the weird beam goes away. It comes back when it's convenient for them. Oh, okay. because like there's one where Monica remember she hits Ben's head on it. Oh Yeah. It's just what, like randomly there. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm guessing they probably kept most of the continuity, but I'm, I'm going to be looking for any differences. Okay. Um, I have nothing to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I'm <laughs> nine months and all the days pregnant. I'm at the end here. <laughs> nothing left in me. That's okay. Well, we open at the coffee shop and the gang is all looking at pictures of baby Ben. And I said that everyone's outfits were generally 90s fine. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I may vomit. Except that Chandler looks like a greaser again. What is happening? What is with that vertical trim (laughs) on his shirt? I didn't even know what it what I, I couldn't even think of something to equate it to. It was like shiny and red and like an S shape that was continuous. It's just awful. And his hair is like very Danny Zuko. Mm-hmm. And then Phoebe's like weirdly wearing some sort of workout clothes. I've never seen her dress like that. No. She's wearing like a t-shirt. And like light lavender leggings. Yeah. Her hair looks like kind of pulled back and normal. <laughs> it was very weird. It didn't look bad necessarily. It just didn't seem Phoebe. Yeah. Ish. But the rest of them look relatively normal. I liked, I liked, I liked nineties fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause like Monica's shirt, I have a lot of problems with, but in the nineties, like it was fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Rachel is all up in Ross's business. 
he loves her so much. Oh, oh my gosh. She's just like asking if he, like, if he wants to kiss Ben all over and Ross is smitten. Oh my God. He's doing that thing that you do to like babies where you, their like head is near you and you're just like huffing the smell of the baby, but it's Rachel. And she doesn't notice at all. She was the most aloof person. He is so dopely staring at her. Like, oh, yeah, okay. That'd be nice. (laughs) She's like so oblivious. It's she must just be so self-absorbed that she just doesn't it doesn't register. Yeah. I think I think so. She's just in her own world. In her own little Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Also, like Joey's out Joey asked Chandler for money. And I was thinking, like, why why just I mean, they're in their early 20s. Chandler can't be making that much money that he's always okay giving Joey money and like what must it be like to make an amount of money where you never worry about just being like sure here I've I never had know. that in my life <laughs> no same <laughs> but it's just like oh let me take care of it let me pay for dinner let me do sure. that <laughs> no no also Joey calls Chandler Chan which I had a huge problem with. I don't think it ever happens again. No, I, isn't there one where um, <laughs> when I think when Chandler's moving in with Monica and Joey's like verbally processing it, he's like, "No more Joey's in the Chan Chance," or like yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Who calls us that?" <laughs> yeah, no, he full on says Chan. But I'm like, no. I think they tried it out and were like. Mm-mm. No, let's not do that again. When he starts talking about his fertility study and like the science research or whatever, I looked up just, I was curious as to what they are actually studying (laughs) because everything that I could find (laughs) in my short-lived Google research was it's pretty isolated to couples who truly want to have babies and those are what fertility studies, what happened. I could find no record of any type of research that's meant for a single man to donate sperm for fertility. Like, what are you studying? <laughs> Interesting. I, I, I couldn't figure it out. It bothered me. <laughs> the effect of like promiscuity on I don't fertility know. or but something. He couldn't, he couldn't have sex. So then was he the control group? But he has been promiscuous. Yes. So like someone who's promiscuous, what's their fertility at? Oh, maybe you should go into fertility studies. (laughs) Let me deal with what I've got going on first. Fair. I'm currently fertile. (laughs) (laughs) Study over. (laughs) But speaking of, of the fashion... Joey was what I had a big, the big problem with because he's wearing just a white t-shirt underneath a ginormous red button down shirt, but it is so unbuttoned only like by like four buttons. And then it's buttoned at the bottom. It's uncomfortable where the buttoning stops and starts. It's like above his belly button. (laughs) It's, It's really weird. It is. This is this is echoed later also 
when Chandler is wearing a vest that is unbuttoned. Oh God, not even ready to talk about that vest. (laughs) Oh, get ready. I did kind of laugh when Phoebe said, they're talking about Joey's fertility study and she said hand over fist. It's kind of funny. Um, I really liked that. Phoebe is on fire with the one-liners in this episode. By the oh way. yeah, she is instigating all over the place. Oh, totally. <laughs> she is like the button pusher. Yes, I liked it. <laughs> Roll credits. Yep. And then we come back to the girls' apartment where they are making coleslaw and burgers for the party. And is this the first time we hear Phoebe talking negatively about meat? Like, have we heard her talk about being a vegetarian yet? I don't think so. I think this is the first like overtly vegetarianism that has come up from her. I think so. We say that in a lot of episodes. Oh, I think this is the first time. And then you go back and listen. It's definitely not. <laughs> we, we forget what we've said. <laughs> That's okay. We live in the moment. Um, well, Monica looks terrible again. Okay, I have a fact about this t-shirt. Well, I don't know if it's a fact. I think it's from IMDb <laughs> comments. Oh, you mean that you wait, do you mean the beige on beige? Beige. The oh. beige just like I, I don't even know what that material is, but that's that awful material that stretches out and fits nobody. But apparently that shirt is the same one she wore in two previous episode episodes, one of which was the one with the ick factor. Really? Like why would you bring that back? No. And then with the beige skirt with the beige flowers it was it was terrible I was mostly like concerned with her makeup like she does not look good with the dark lipstick yeah it just washes her out and ugh. and then with the hair being like a little bit too big and like too gelled down on the side also just going back to the the shirt that she's wearing no one should wear a short sleeved sweater no like ever especially not one that hits you like just above your belly button although I have to say to a dance in like sixth grade I think I wore a short sleeve like sweater shirt that was like kind of lime green and like fuzzy and I thought it was so cool oh I got it at Ross (laughs) if you ever have a picture please share that's amazing That brings to mind for me, I totally have like a shirt in my mind of that same feeling where I got it. And I was like, I am going to be so cool, (laughs) but it was, it was like a baby doll shirt and it was like that shiny, smooth metallic, uh, where you like sweat a lot, but it was, it was like bright fluorescent covered in planets. Oh yeah. I was, I wore it so much. Oh my God. I, I love that. I really liked the Joey and Chandler's entrance where he's like, men are here. That was pretty funny. We make fire. <laughs> Cook meat. However, I do not like Chandler's outfit. Nope. Tell me all about it. His vest looks like a kilt that was turned into a vest six sizes too big and then haphazardly placed over the top of boring and pleats. Uh, yeah. Also, the, this is where the top buttons of the vest are unbuttoned, <laughs> but the bottom buttons are buttoned. That I don't understand that. I have oh so many God. questions. But he's wearing a denim shirt under the vest that doesn't have a collar. There's so many things wrong. <laughs> What's with the men? Like Ross, a couple episodes ago, was also wearing a denim shirt with like a tie. 
they're so dumpy. But like even the the t-shirts, I at first I was like, oh, Joey looks normal in a black t-shirt, but the sleeves go down to his elbows. <laughs> it's like a pajama shirt, and it also has some sort of weird logo on it. And I was like, this looks really out of character. Why is he wearing that? I couldn't figure out what the logo was. I kept staring at it, being like, I'm so distracted. Yeah. Yeah. Chandler has a logo shirt later that I was like, what is that on there? Looks like maybe Iron Man. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I was really upset about Chandler's. It could be like a form of Keebler elf. Again, this is like yep. the Keebler's casual attire. Yeah, it's awful. Well, Phoebe and and Monica are like mixing the coleslaw. <laughs> I, I laughed out loud because when Phoebe asks about Melanie, jo- Joey's girlfriend, she's just literally like dumping mayo into a <laughs> bowl of, of cabbage. And I was just like, you animals, are you, do you not mix it with like, do you not create the dressing by itself first? And they're just like dumping stuff in it, like globs of mayo. Oh, Oh, sick. I didn't eat coleslaw for like most of my life because I thought it was just like mayo based. Then I had like a vinegar style coleslaw and was like, oh, wait, this can be good. This is better. (laughs) This isn't like an outdoor picnic in July. Sitting in the sun, baking. (laughs) Oh my God. Breeding salmonella. Yeah. (laughs) I always think of that, um, that office episode where Michael goes to David Wallace's house and he brings like potato salad that's just been in the car for like all day. Oh, that's such a great show. It is. Phoebe does her sexy voice, which I think is always funny. Oh, I love her sexy voice. There was about like a period last week when I had COVID of like three days where I have I was rocking a pretty good Phoebe voice. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great. But yeah, Melanie is great. Joey loves her or likes her, but doesn't want to tell her about the fertility study. Which I don't get. What's the problem? Be open about it. Say, I'm going to be done with this next week. We can have sex then. Yeah. I'm sure she'd understand. It's weirder for you to like avoid it than to just say what's going on. Totally. So then we cut to the apartment later that day. And Ross walks in with lots of bags. I'm curious what sort of huge emergency there is that would cause a paleontologist to have to immediately drop everything to go last minute to China to talk about getting this bone for a week. Like, I think it would be planned up. I don't, for like. Sarah, it's a whole big bone thing. (laughs) He does look relatively put together in the blue plaid shirt and the blue blazer. Like it's, it's not offensive at all. It's not 80 sizes too big for him. No, he looks like he actually looks good. Um, But Phoebe just like, just keeps like cutting at him with her her little (laughs) one-liners. And he's being so like annoying about like, oh, son's going to forget me in six days. He's an infant. He'll be fine. Yeah. I thought it was so funny where he's like, I'm going for a week. So you won't be able to reach me. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) When are we? They not have phones in China. Isn't there email? I don't know. Something. I didn't even think about email. I was thinking about like, they have telephones there. They do. (laughs) That's well, it's very long distance, I guess. Yeah. But 
but is he gonna be on the road like (laughs) where is he going is he out in a field digging somewhere didn't he say that like it's a museum or a university that has the bones so yeah odds are there's like civilization where he's going to be I don't know I mean how did they tell him about this bone if there's no phones there or good point (laughs) how did he even find out (laughs) uh and then of course like Rachel's out with someone and Ross is jealous and I've been watching a lot of Seinfeld so I wrote yada 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 yada. same old story so the boys are out on the balcony grilling in the background you can see them like looking at the at the grill and like holding the charcoal and like talking to one another they're totally acting in the background it's great but when he leaves he's like I'm gonna go say bye to the boys Phoebe's just like yeah go tell him that bone story (laughs) it's like I love you yes and the balcony barbecue is finally being used actually I know wasn't this like the first episode first two episodes or something where we argued about what that what what that yeah. was and yeah and why it was there and it, it was only for this one episode I guess yeah I don't think they ever grill again I don't think so and the balcony has seemingly shrunk again didn't it yeah. get bigger at some point and now it's small again uh I know it started huge oh, the, one, okay. the one with George Stephanopoulos was it was ridiculously large. And then I think it shrunk down to a normal, normal, consistent size. The one where the cat jumps on Ross, that was mm-hmm. about this size. Okay. Yeah. But there's like now some sort of Victorian era bathroom love seat on the balcony. There's some stuff. There's a giant spider plant also <laughs> later when Rachel's out there that I only recognize because I just got a spider plant. <laughs> Which is an indoor plant, right? Oh, oh, wait, no, it's not a spider plant. It's a snake plant. Oh, it's the one with the big leaves. Also an indoor plant. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it would not survive in New York out- no. outside. No, mine barely survives inside. Yeah. And what is up with Chandler's hair? It is so greasy on the sides. And it is like from Greece, like the Danny Zuko, like put grease in your comb and brush it. And like, like really, really like to the side. Yes. Going straight back. And you can see the like comb marks. So greasy. What's happening? I don't know. I'm going to be glad when he, when they ditch the the gel. Yes. But I I thought Joey was funny when Ross is talking about Rachel having drinks with Carl and he's like, oh no, how could she do that when she's never shown any interest in you? (laughs) I know. I love that line. There's such (laughs) good lines in this one. Yeah, I think they're kind of done with him. <laughs> they're done. And I'm done. Ross leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Ross leaves the present for Rachel. Joey says, hey, go have a good time. Forget about it. And then he said he had two beers and he loves him. I liked that. But Chandler's only had one. So he thinks Ross is just nice. <laughs> Are you ready to be Joey's girlfriend? Because what's going on with this woman? <laughs> oh my God. I love her she's so memorable in like the way that she delivers lines I I just love her she's so weird (laughs) she's so weird she seems like in no way a good match for him and she also looks like she could be his mom she she does have like that older dialing I guess do you want to guess how old she is right now oh god 
Is she 70? She's 63. Okay. And Matt LeBlanc's 54. So she, she was like almost 10 years older than him. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I don't think Joey would mind. No, but she just looks like a mot, like so matronly. And like her personality is not, I was watching his face and being like, you seem like you're genuinely enjoying this woman, but why? (laughs) No. (laughs) She's so weird with her basket. (laughs) (laughs) The actress is Kareen Borer, B-O-H-R-E-R. She in 1986 was in the 22nd episode of the first season of MacGyver. So that's exciting. Okay. She <laughs> she also had a co-starring role opposite Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage in the comedy Vice Versa. And she played the mother, a recurring role on Victor- Veronica Mars. She played Leanne Mars. Show I tried to watch as an adult and didn't understand why people liked I've never seen it. I think I was too old for it, but it's Kristen Bell's first show. I really love her. I love everything else that she's in. Yeah. I even put Let It Go on my birthing playlist last night. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. That's appropriate. Right? (laughs) I like that. So this actress was featured in the Dream On episode, What I Did for Lust. And Dream On is the show that Kaufman and Crane created before Friends. So we've like a ton of these guest stars have been on Dream On. She was also in a lot of commercials, including in 1987 McDonald's commercial uh, for chicken nuggets in Shanghai. She played the role of the counselor in Apple's Get a Mac ad campaign. She was also in commercials for Totino's Pizza Rolls, Walgreens, and Campbell's Low Sodium Soup and the Bounty One Sheeter. I bet I know her from like a Campbell's soup commercial because she seems like the Campbell's soup mom, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I can totally see that. Yeah. She was also in Murder, She Wrote, Revenge of the Nerds 4, which is Nerds in Love, and Ned and Stacy and Criminal Minds. Okay. Remember Ned and Stacy? No. That was that guy. um, Oh, Thomas Hayden Church. And Deborah Messing. I don't know that reference at all. It was on. (laughs) Oh my gosh. By the way, this is a random non sequitur. But from our last conversation about Weekend at Bernie's, I have to say, I made Tyler watch Weekend at Bernie's. Uh huh. Because he said he'd only seen two. And I had never seen any Weekend at Bernie's films. Okay. I don't think it holds up as well as you think it holds up. Really? You didn't think it was funny? There were some really good parts where like I'd laughed out loud, but the whole like entirety of the film, I was like, what is happening right now? Well, yeah, no, it's completely unrealistic, but it's like the guy, it's that actor. Like he's just like flailing his body around and they're throwing him all over the place. It's great. Especially when he washes up on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like staring at him. It's so good. I was dying. But for the most of it, like, I think Tyler and I were just staring at the TV with our mouths hanging open, being like, what is going on? No, it's a terrible plot. (laughs) That's okay. We can like different things. I know. But at least you're enjoying you're the, you're the, are you the one? (laughs) <laughs> oh my God, that is such absolute trash. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so good. Oh yeah. 
It's definitely in more in the vein of uh, Desperate Housewives, like the flip the table type of reality TV. <laughs> that's, that's real housewives. Oh, real? We always mix them up. <laughs> it's, they're all desperate. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but it's, it's all that like, let me just like film you on this low quality film everyone on this low quality camera in their kitchen while they're drinking heavily and just screaming obscenities at each other. Oh yeah. Oh, it's, it's so terrible. good. It's so good. I was so happy when I had not, not cause I had COVID, but when I discovered there was a season I hadn't seen while I had COVID, I was like, thank everything that I can just put this on for like 10 hours. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh my God. It's so funny, like the special <laughs> effects that they have are like my favorite because it's like, let me scan you with this. Oh my God. Light. Let me lock you in with your hands on this fake screen. Let me show the matches with these beams of light. <laughs> and how they explain it every time, every oh. single episode. Yeah, I think we got it, man. Oh, they continued it. I just watched season seven and they still are doing it. Oh my God, there's seven seasons. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that one, by the way. And Love is Blind 2 is coming out on Netflix like this week or next week. And I was like, perfect, I'm about to have a baby. I'll watch that while I'm stuck breastfeeding all day. (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that you kept texting me recommendations for shows and I was like, already finished it, already finished it. I've been sick for eight days. I already watched it. (laughs) All right, back to friends. Joey has no idea how to take care of a woman without pleasing himself. This is a novel (laughs) idea to him. The way that him and Monica's exchange is so great. Like when she's just like, have you ever thought of being there for her? And he's just like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, just be there for her. And he's just like crosses his arm and is like, I'm not following you. <laughs> when Rachel's opening her presents, I love that she hands Chandler back Scrabble when she says thank you. She just hands, thank you. <laughs> it's it's so not genuine. No. Um, but like, both Joey and Chandler are really excited about travel Scrabble. They're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Joey's got her Dr. Seuss book. And he's like, that really got me through some tough times. And Phoebe loves that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah. Someone just gave us that book for our baby. Aww. So um, I didn't read that one as a kid. So I'm excited to read it to her. As a it's a good one. It's much more appropriate for children. Than what? Than Rachel. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought you meant <laughs> than like some other book that oh. we grew up with. <laughs> oh, probably. And of course, Melanie gives her a fruit basket. When Melanie is talking after Joey gives the book and Melanie's just like, there's a little child inside this man. And Chandler comes back with the line, yes, the doctors say if they remove it, he'll die. (laughs) I laugh out loud so hard at this every time I hear it. Like his delivery is so good and deadpan. I was also wondering like, Rachel doesn't even ask where Ross is. She's like, oh, this present's for Ross. Okay. And like, doesn't even, because seemingly she doesn't know because they're like, he went to China. They tell her like after this. Oh, 
Oh God, I, that, I didn't even think about that. I, that. I didn't connect that in my brain. I thought they had just told her ahead of time. That's what I thought at first. And then when they tell her in like another couple of minutes or another yeah. minute, I was like, but she doesn't even act like she's just, just like presence. Woo. Who cares? He's not here. Like, Yeah. Why is Melanie there? <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Why is the birthday girl not bring her date, but Joey got to bring a date to her birthday? Yeah. I'm just questioning that now. <laughs> but with Chandler, like totally blows Ross's secret and can't recover. I love that his like go-to nonsense word always seems to be flannin. It's just like flannin, 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 flannin. His little um, bout of hyperventilating (laughs) and like, (sighs) (laughs) is so good. It's so good. He's reeling, like just completely reeling. He really blew it big time. But, But like Phoebe's super shocked and Monica, like, and Monica seems to not know. Like, I thought they all knew. I know. I thought so too. Because he, they were going on a date before. Maybe we were the only ones that <laughs> thought it was a date. But the, like Ross and the boys talked about it being a date. Yeah. But they must have kept good secrets. The girl, like Monica didn't think it was weird that her brother was taking her best friend out to do laundry. I don't know. They're all aloof. People are so clueless. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that Phoebe says like, this is huge. None of our lives are ever going to be the same I, again. <laughs> And then like Rachel seemingly having no idea also was upsetting because she's like, oh, the first night she was in the city, he mentioned something about asking her out and nothing happened. What about when he asked you out and you guys kissed? Yeah, that all of that, the whole chemistry, all of it. Yeah. So she is completely blindsided somehow and she's going to go to the airport, but doesn't know what she's going to say until she sees him. Which I actually, okay, now that I read that, I didn't read that Jane Austen thing until after I watched the episode. I actually like that now because that is very Jane Austen. Uh-huh. <laughs> but all, That's but true. when I saw it, I was like, I hate these people. Like, you don't know what you're going to, you're going to rush to the airport and you don't have any idea what you're going to do. Like, then why are you going? Yeah. She says <laughs> she says she's not going to know what she's going to say until she sees him. And then Phoebe says, does this help? And holds the picture up to her face. And she is so obviously laughing behind that picture. Uh, like I was dying. I was curious if you've ever chased anyone to the airport before or done anything like that, like a big move like that. When I lived in London, I had a friend who knew some guys who lived in like a suburb of London, like, or like not even a suburb. It was like a different town um, where you had to take a bus to get there. And I don't remember how far it was, but like, I met these guys, this one guy at a pub and I kind of liked him. So we went and took a bus to where they lived in Sheffield. And I had no idea who these people were. But I was just like, oh, I want to hook up with that guy. <laughs> it was super shady. <laughs> uh, to be young. But other than that, no, I, I didn't. I don't think so. Unless I'm blocking it out. I've had moments where I like mustered up courage and like went to somebody's house to like tell them like, I think I want to do like, I want to do this thing. But like, I remember when incident in particular I was at the gym and I was running I was like training for a half marathon so I was running for a, and I did all my training on the treadmill so it was like a lot of time to think 
I like got in the zone thinking about this person. And then I like had good, I got like a runner's high going on and I had like the right empowering songs going to be like, yeah, this is going to go well. I'm going to go tell them <laughs> this thing. And then of course, like you, I got there and was like, I don't know if I can do tell them this thing. And then it, like the version that I told them wasn't what I had planned to say. And then it still didn't go well. So, well, do you remember our trip to Santa Cruz to see Tyler? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> you had like established something with him by then though. Not really. <laughs> it was still a little awkward. <laughs> it was, it was definitely like one of those things, the same thing where it was like you had in your head what what the trip was going to be and what was going to partake like to happen once you got there none of the things happened it probably didn't help that you had a third wheel with you and he was like living in that weird mansion with like a weird roommate <laughs> anyway oh i'm so glad i don't do stuff like that anymore <laughs> <laughs> i also was confused why Rachel like has to rush to the airport because she's like, I won't know until I talk to him. I just can't wait a week to talk to him. Are there not phones in China? Like you can only have this conversation at the airport. Like, no, he's unreachable. Remember? Uh, like going to the, when I have a flight is terrible. I would never voluntarily go there when I didn't have to be there. <laughs> just to talk to someone and not know what you're going to say. Yeah. On a strict timeline. <laughs> exactly. But it is very Jane Austen like that. It really put it in perspective though, that it like made it less annoying, I guess. Oh yeah. It's, it's super high drama. Yeah. Um, because she <laughs> like is elbowing her way through the terminal and they, the flight attendant, checker lady won't let her on the plane ross is just acting silly in his headphones spouting off chinese like how rude is it to be doing that while you're like interacting like have a transaction happening with a human yeah it wouldn't fly now like they would be like you're suspicious <laughs> everything at yeah. the airport's suspicious now you pay attention yeah you have to you have to like make eye contact <laughs> They call her the flight representative. Her name is Carrie Clark. She is the same one holding the animal box in the one with the fake Monica from Marcel. My gosh, yes. She was uncredited. She is one that I couldn't find anything except on IMDb. The only facts I got were she was also in Another World in 1964 and previously married to Walt Wiley. Who's that? He was on a soap opera. Till 2011. Uh, she also apparently was a popular model in Europe and Asia with several magazine covers in Japan and Greece. I don't know. She She's like too customer service-y. Yeah. You know, she's like, sorry, I left you on the plane. <laughs> she's not very helpful. No. <laughs> remember when you could go to the terminal without a ticket? I don't actually remember, but I knew <laughs> it happened. I have relatives from Holland. So like when they would come visit we could like go in and pick them up. I mean, we had to wait outside customs, but then when we would take them back to the airport, we could like take them to the gate and wave goodbye as they got on the plane and watch the plane take off. None Not of that anymore. anymore. Yeah. No, now you have to take your shoes off. <laughs> <laughs>
I really wish I could have traveled more before I had a baby, but I'm also really glad I didn't have to travel while very pregnant because it sounds like a friggin' nightmare. I put, it's 40 degrees today and I put Birkenstocks on to go to the doctor because I was like, I'm going to have to take my pants off and I cannot put shoes on. Like, <laughs> I just can't take them off and put them back on. So, yeah. <laughs> Let alone like waddle through the airport, like shuffling with all the, it's like hot in there and everyone's mad that your computer is not out fast enough. Oh my God. You left a tablet in a bag. <laughs> now you have, now you have to be pulled aside and got like your whole bag is ransacked. Figure it out. TSA. There was a weird um, continuity thing with the, the flight representative Um, When she stops Rachel, she had already taken the lady's boarding pass behind Rachel. Like she has it in her hand. And then it, when it cuts back to her at the, like at the same scene, the lady is like, when it cuts to Rachel, it's not in the flight representative's hand. And the lady behind Rachel, who's like trying to get past her is like holding her boarding pass. Someone dropped the ball there. Yeah. Speaking of dropping the ball, the flight representative cannot pass on a message the right way. I mean, A, she wouldn't agree to do that, first of all. <laughs> I, although no, she's who's, who's manning that, like, the boarding passes? I mean, I guess this is the woman that held a monkey box for a monkey for, like, two hours waiting for this heartfelt goodbye. But <laughs> she also gives it to the wrong person. Yeah, I think Rachel could have probably described Ross a little better. Or just screamed his name and he probably would have heard her. Yeah, make a scene. Yeah, because he does that when in the finale, the series finale, he starts yelling Rachel because they won't let him through mm-hmm. and she comes back out. The guy that the flight representative talks to, his name is Jack Riley. Uh, he passed away in 2016 but he was known for playing Elliot on the Bob Newhart show. And he voiced Stu Pickles in the Rugrats franchise. Okay. Stu Pickles. Did you watch the Rugrats? I caught some episodes. I did not watch it religiously. I think Stu was the dad. I think that was Tommy's dad. I used to watch it a lot. Jack also served in the army. And after he was discharged, he became a popular radio personality in Cleveland And along with his radio partner and straight man, Jeff Baxter, they did the Baxter and Riley show on WERE 1300 AM. They had not only music, but also comedy sketches and a slew of offbeat characters that Riley and Baxter voiced themselves. And he gave up radio in the 60s and moved to LA where his friend Tim Conway helped him obtain work writing comedy sketches. And later that led to acting opportunities. I can totally tell he was a radio guy. Yeah. Like the way the way that he, he delivers lines is is very radio-y. Yeah. I tried to keep the list short, but he's been in a ton of shows. Are you ready for this? Yes. He was in Boogie Nights, I Dream of Jeannie, Partridge Family, Mary Tyler Moore Show, MASH, Happy Days, Eight is Enough, Silver Spoons, Alf, Harry and the Hendersons, My Two Dads, Family Matters, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Married with Children, Coach, Seinfeld, Secret World of Alex Mack, Touched by an Angel, That 70s Show, and of course, Baywatch. Wow. That's like every show that existed. Yes. (laughs) So he's pretty cool. Yeah. 
I liked his whole thing with his wife. That was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> There's no Rachel. <laughs> Before we go to Joey's apartment, there's an outside shot of the Empire State Building for the transition, which fades to a light up model that's in Joey's room of the same of the Empire State Building. Oh, did you notice that? Uh-uh. Like, it looks like it's like a four foot statue that's like, gl- <laughs> it like glows, like a, like a night, like a giant nightlight. <laughs> and I was like, I've never seen this before. I don't think we ever see it again. It's a very strange thing for an adult man to have in his room. Although if you think about what he buys when he gets his own apartment. That's true. <laughs> I guess it could track. Totally. Four foot tall You're- nightlight. You're right. You're right. Well, Melanie is very satisfied with this whole situation. What a novel idea that he satis- that a woman is satisfied. And I again, I don't understand why he can't just tell her about the study. I don't, I don't, know. I don't get it. I think it's all set up just so that she can say her line. Yeah. Like, I love when she's just like, boy, someone's going to get a big fruit basket tomorrow. I don't understand what they're he's, doing together. What he sees in her? Yeah, at all. Like, she's not his type at all. No, no, not at all. But when she's talking about him being a giver, and she's like, you're the most generous man I've ever met. I mean, you're practically a woman. <laughs> He like the way he just kind of like thinks about that for a minute. And then he's like, yeah, it was like <laughs> kind of into it. I was like, all right, whatever. Just everything turns him on. Go for it. Then we go back to the girls apartment and we've got our Jane Austen, Austin wishy-washy, but like she thinks she's going to go for it. Yes. But Monica's line when she's like, you going to save this wrapping paper? It's only a little bit torn. So are you going to go for it with Ross or should I just throw it out? I love that. Oh, it's so Monica. <laughs> but the, but it is Jane austen because like she's going, she's being wishy-washy, but also her friends are getting very much in her business. Oh yeah. And the fact that Monica is so uptight about it, like the whole thing, like she's so invested. Yeah. It's, it's great. Courtney Cox is so good in this scene. Yeah. But then they start talking about how it would be starting at the 15th date and that would be so awful. But like, that seems way easier and better to me. Like you don't have all the weird awkwardness in the beginning. Like what's wrong with that? I don't see what the problem is. I guess they're just so used to not getting to the 15th date. (laughs) I mean, that was kind of my take. Like they're used to the awkwardness that that's like normal, right? Mm-hmm. They just kind of like go through guys and are like, oh, I don't, this isn't, they, they're just finding something wrong or like moving on to someone else. That's true. That is like where late, later Rachel says, like, have you ever gone out with somebody that you didn't break up with? And so I guess that is what she like. Yeah is used to although she was about to get married so she's been past the 15th day yeah that's true <laughs> I, I that's a good point but i guess it mm-hmm. went badly so maybe that's well now she's ruined for that right <laughs> god <laughs> stupid barry <laughs> but phoebe has a point about like what if it doesn't work like your friendship would be you know that would cause a problem but i was thinking about like i mean we grew up in a small town and like 
basically dated all her friends. And I don't mm-hmm. think that I ever stopped to consider that aspect, especially not in my early 20s, of like, what happens if it doesn't work out? No, we just went for it. Yeah. <laughs> Figure that cares. out later. <laughs> and then all your friend groups implode. And it is a problem. <laughs> but you don't think about that ahead of time. No, it's true. Because because you're in your late teens, early 20s and super selfish. Totally. <laughs> And someone has interest. Yeah. Yeah. So jump on that while you can. But I love when, when Phoebe mentions like, what if it doesn't work out? And Monica's like, yeah. Or what if he, or or they're like, they're back and forth being like, yeah. What if he, wait, doesn't he make enough money? Is he not cute enough for you? She's like, why is it not working out with my brother now? Why the hell are you dumping my brother? (laughs) Like she just goes there so quickly. And Phoebe's just riling everyone up. Yeah, she was pretty, she was kind of like an ancillary character in this whole episode, but she is like, her presence is very much there, but she's just like not part of the plot at all. She's just, but she's very much in it. Yep. She's just the instigator. (laughs) Also very like Austin, you know, like having someone to just stir the pot. Yeah, for sure. Make you question your choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's like the, the the root of the (laughs) wishy-washy yeah true true because she's like it'd be like starting at the 15th 15th date but it would also be like starting at the 15th date yeah well then we go back to the guy's apartment which it's been a while since we've been in the guy's apartment did you notice um I didn't notice I just noticed the weight bench blocking Chandler's door yeah it's still there but it's like how can he get in his bedroom with the weight place it's positioned i don't know no one ever uses it no he's eating crunch berries he's not lifting weights no i i was trying to think like the last time that we actually had a scene in their apartment and it's i like couldn't even track back to when when we did it's been it's been a hot minute i was gonna say it's been a hot minute (laughs) oh i was just gonna say that same thing we're so the same good times (laughs) Crunch Berries is like the cereal that rips your entire mouth apart. I've never had it. Have you ever Captain Crunch? Maybe. I don't know what they taste like, though. It, it's like that kind that just like jaggedly slices open the roof of your mouth. <laughs> okay. I think I know the texture. <laughs> and there's like a weird film to it no. also. <laughs> Sugar. <laughs> yeah. Chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like, have you had like tricks yes okay fruit loops it's the same kind of like rough texture yeah it's like eating a loofah that's been <laughs> like dyed with chemicals <laughs> but this is this is where he has the weird thing on his shirt and i it looks like iron man or something oh i didn't notice that oh <laughs> but i'm gonna have to go back and look but I mean, he's reading, he's eating Captain Crunch berries. He's reading a magazine propped up on a cheese board. There's also marmalade out and a box of, of apple juice, like a, like a kid's juice box. Those, those things don't go with cereal. No, I was just, I was confused on why, why that was all out there. The marmalade was open with a knife sticking in it. Like it's just eating jam. I don't know. Joey would eat jam. Chandler wouldn't just eat jam. Joey eats the entire contents of their fridge. 
at one point, remember? Yeah. A quick background note. They have a plant. Would they have a house plant? They have a plant sitting on top of their microwave. Oh. Um, but they also have a toaster on top of their microwave. And I thought that was really great because that's where I keep my toaster is on top of the microwave. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. We keep our toaster in a cup. It's like the lowest shelf of a cupboard. And I said today to court, I was like, I feel like I put this toaster away eight times a day and I don't use it. Why is it always out? <laughs> we don't have counter space for it, but it's like, I should probably find a better spot for it than the lowest tiny corner cupboard. Probably. Well, we have a toaster oven, so oh. it, it's like a, it's like a stackable thing. Yeah otherwise our toaster would burn the cabinet above it <laughs> anyway you can cut all that <laughs> there's a past episode where their coffee maker is on top of the microwave you're right because chandler picks up he tries to pick up the coffee carafe and it lifts the whole machine up <laughs> uh then we go back to the girls apartment and what is rachel's skirt made out of I kind of liked it. It's like mosquito netting attached to a mini skirt with like insane large suit buttons on her hips. Yeah, but she looks cute in it. I would never wear it ever in my life, but she can pull it off and I'm really annoyed at it. She looks good in it. Of course she does. She always looks good in everything. Her reasoning for not exploring things with Ross is really stupid. Yeah, she's like, it's like I, she would be dating all of them. Yeah. No, that's not true. No. Well, I guess it would be like, they would all know each other's business because she would definitely tell the girls. He would be telling the boys. Monica is his sister. It's a little close. (laughs) But they already do that anyway with everybody else that they date. And like, they're all, it's not like a, it's not like they're not already that close. Like they already do that. Yeah, that's true. Monica's being completely neurotic, though. With like, <laughs> no, no pressure, no pressure, no pressure. Yeah. And Carl buzzes up, and I was like, jolted by the buzzer. It was like, may we ever hear it used again? Like maybe one time. Usually they just barge in. <laughs> right. They, they don't buzz each other in. No. But Monica hears the buzzer and is like, behind my brother's back. She has no chill. No. Then we go back to the boys' apartment, which is covered in fruit baskets. Joey's not going to continue to just please women anymore because why would a blind man? I can't remember what the analogy was, but I was appalled. I was like, okay. when a blind man gets his sight back, <laughs> oh yeah, he walk around like this. Oh man, he didn't learn anything. The only other thing that I noticed is that just by the bows alone, I counted at least fifteen fruit baskets. <laughs> This woman's business is losing money. And she's like a little obsessed with him. Red flags. Come on. Also, like, have you never had a guy like please you before? Like, that's a like you're so indebted to him. He has to have 15 fruit baskets because he sexually pleased you. (laughs) Dude, that's a good point. Why is she basically like paying him back for something (laughs) that should just be expected? (laughs) Yes. Poor Melanie. And also poor Rachel, because she's on a date with Carl who doesn't like Ed Bagley Jr. or electric cars. Oh my gosh. This guy is just the most pompous douche idiot I've 
ever laid eyes on. Like not in a zillion years would I ever be caught in a room with this guy. No, I wrote that I like both those things. So I hate Carl. (laughs) The way that he just like his voice Uh is like, I mean, come on, buddy. (laughs) So irritating. Here am I, I've been watching Seinfeld and it made me think of something that would be on there, like, um, yes. like Banya, but worse. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Do you have any guesses on what his real name is? No. I hope that this is not a stage name, but he, his name is Tommy Blaze, B-L-A-Z-E. No, it isn't. It is. Oh that's so fitting oh my god <laughs> he was another one that had no no wikipedia it said he's a writer and producer known for god's not dead we the people in 2021 love on the rock 2021 and friends in 94 good billing <laughs> <laughs> and then friends fandom said that he's a stand-up and i couldn't find a wikipedia but i did find this hilarious tweet from him Two things I didn't understand were Bitcoin and women. And in both cases, my lack of knowledge didn't stop me from buying in. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, no. He also appears to exclusively retweet Larry the Cable Guy. Like, all his tweets were just retweets (laughs) of Larry. I thought, because I saw something that was kind of funny, and I was like, oh, I'll pull this one. And I was like, that's a Larry the Cable Guy tweet. So I was scrolling his Twitter to be like, I got to find one that he wrote. And there was just like, retweet Larry, retweet Larry. So that's all I have on Mr. Blaze. (laughs) Wow. I know. (laughs) Oh, no. That says so much with so little. Right? (laughs) He's like pretty much playing his own type in the show. Yes, Yes, absolutely. Poor guy. Uh, I mean, come on, buddy, get a real car. (laughs) His suit is like borderline suit suit almost because he's like just a swinging hip cool guy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, it is. It isn't. It is just agonizing <laughs> it's no wonder she like completely dissociates and has a premonition of ross because yeah <laughs> i would too ross like her fantasy ross is so not ross's personality it's he's so like hey i'm ross let me just like what what do you i'm very direct and like <laughs> that's ross would be like uh uh-huh. hi <laughs> and she's all and she again is just like Lance too hard and all she's thinking about is breaking up and then he's like well the question is are you attracted to me and she's like I don't know but the whole thing okay you you go deep into people's psyches (laughs) (laughs) you know I mean like she's really talking to herself here she's convincing herself right yeah she's putting up she has like these guards up for herself and she's created Ross out of thin air to convince (laughs) herself that like you're being dumb just go for it true that's that's how I was like oh that's why Ross isn't really Ross (laughs) true because when he's like come on I dare you to stop thinking about me or something like that I'm like he would never say that no 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 and then when he's like well start looking and then kisses her I'm like come on Ross but then they kissed and I was like 
Yeah, they have chemistry. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Even when they're just like, when he's like this guy, really, like when he first appears, just watching the two of them standing next to each other, I was just like, oh my God. You love you love each other. Love each other in uh, real life too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she does leave Carl, which is a great life choice. She's like, peace out, Carl. Oh my God. <laughs> You're welcome I, to stay. <laughs> I That was such a good power move on her part where she just hands him her drink and is like, you're welcome to finish your drinks. I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well done, Rachel. Yeah. When they go to the, the airport, did you hear the song that was playing in the background? Yeah. It's, it's a Madonna song. I don't know which one it is, but it's Madonna for sure. It seems like a bit like, I mean, cause they don't always do a lot of real songs in this show. Um, maybe more so in this first couple seasons, but yeah. it usually should be like, just like, you know, background music. And I was kind of like, why is, it, <laughs> why is there a real song playing? It was kind of jarring. And it almost reminded me of, uh, isn't it a Spice Girls song that to become one? Is that a Spice Girls song? It kind of sounded like that. <laughs> it, yes. Um, I was listening to the lyrics and it's like, the show is over say goodbye (laughs) like it's like like someone died why oh why yeah I I was I don't know I was like I don't know about this song choice it didn't fit at all yeah they would have been better off with some instrumental thing so Ross is going to be gone for a week so we know that like a day or two of that you're flying to China a day or two of that two, two days you of lose right all in travel yes and like he's already at the sweetie level with julie again <laughs> in the friend world oh, how much time has passed <laughs> in the time vortex i i didn't find it believable although like then i had a thought of how ross could easily get in deep quickly I think because he's been so hurt and so desperate that like he falls hard and he falls fast. So I, so if he found someone like him, I guess that would, they could get there fast, but that would have to be like three days. Yeah. (laughs) Four days. And, and I mean, upon first meeting her, Julie seems very normal. I mean, like, where did she come from? I, she just, she comes back with him on the same flight. Yeah. So they know each other from grad school. We find out later. Oh yeah. So they know each other, but I mean, and again, how long has it been? He can only have been out of grad school for like a year at this point. Right. Cause grad school takes a while after college. Well, no, I'm glad you said that because then it makes a little more sense. There's some history. It's not mm-hmm. like he just like they met there and it's like, oh, sweetie, come back home with me. Yeah. <laughs> but he was he was with Carol like all through that time. I don't know. So there's no like dating history between these two. Uh, whatever. Maybe they were friends. It still is just more drama. Yeah. But one fun background thing that I have is a, um, a person background. When, when they're coming down the walkway from the plane, Ross and Julie, behind them, you can see Bill Lawrence, who's the creator of Scrubs. And he was a really? writer, writer on the first season of Friends. 
he's walking behind them and he's got dark brown hair and he's talking to another passenger and he's like digging in his bag. Oh my gosh. I I don't know if I would know Bill who Bill Lawrence is. So that's a good catch. Well, we close with no tag, just Rachel waiting with the Madonna song playing in the background, waiting anxiously to see Ross. Would she bring him flowers? That's kind of an interesting choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, awkward <laughs> i wouldn't ever bring cork flowers i don't think he would enjoy them he'd be like what do i what do, what is this for what do you want me to do with this <laughs> bring me a basketball instead <laughs> <laughs> that would be much more uh thoughtful you got any jerseys <laughs> <laughs> oh and the drama continues season two yeah who knows when we'll start recording that because I'm going to have a little baby. I know. I I just want to say before we close out, I did watch the season one gag reel. <gasps> and I was thinking about you the whole time, how bloopers make you so angry because yeah. you can be there enjoying the moments with them, mm-hmm. um, which is like one of my favorite things in the world, <laughs> by the way, that bloopers make you irrationally angry because you have such bad FOMO. <laughs> so irrational. It's so stupid. <laughs> so they were all really good, but my favorite blooper from that reel is the one from the one where the monkey gets away. When Ross, when Rachel is sitting on the couch with Marcel watching the soap opera and she's wearing like the cute little plaid skirt, Katie, the monkey like starts freaking out and just like running around the couch. And Jennifer Aniston is like, oh, Katie, hey, Katie, 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 come here, come here, oh, oh, Katie. Oh no, Katie gets the zoomies. <laughs> like running all over the place and Jennifer Aniston just can't control her. And she's just like looking off camera being like, oh, oh. <laughs> It's so good. Oh my God. I'm going to have to go watch them and go to bed angry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's good because it's all of the, all of the episodes that we've already talked about. Who do you think won this one? Hmm. I'm inclined to say Phoebe just because <laughs> I really liked her instigator role. I mean, technically I think Melanie won it. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Probably Phoebe. Like she had the best lines and was the least annoying. (laughs) Yeah. Putting in perspective of Jane Austen, like I could say Rachel because she did ultimately make a decision and made a big move. So that's, but then she was like so annoying about it the whole way through. I could also make an argument for Monica. She is like so on board for her best friend to get together with her brother. And I think like, cause she's also, she's super supportive and wanting it to happen, but she's also super defensive and protective of her brother. Yeah. <laughs> like that dual role, Courtney Cox does such a good job with that. I just, I love, I loved that back and forth. Yeah. They all had some moments. Joey might be the worst. This time. I, think, I think he lost it because he did not learn anything <laughs> whole experience everything was lost on him I also I had a thought of like oh I should have figured out which was my favorite episode from this season but I can't remember that far back so I can't either let's just say this one okay
I mean, this gets us to where everyone's been wanting to go this entire season. Like Ross and Rachel. Yeah. Will they or won't they? Oh, they will. And then they won't. And then they will. And then they won't. (laughs) And then it'll go on for 10 years. (laughs) We did it. Season one. May have a little hiatus. Well, next time, next time, maybe we can say hi to the little friend. Yeah. She's going to be here in a few days, no matter what I do. No matter what you do, it's coming. It's happening. Well, we will be back for season two sometime. And in the meantime, I'll be there for you. I'll be there for you too. Love you. Love you too. Bye friends. Bye friends. Better Friends Podcast is created, produced, edited, and all the other things by Ashley Madden and Sarah Reinen. Please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Send us your questions to betterfriendswatchingfriends at gmail.com. To find out more about Better Friends, please check us out on Twitter at betterfriendpod or on Instagram at betterfriendswatchingfriends. Thanks for listening.